I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from California in the United States. He works at Own Backup as a principal solution engineer. He was first awarded an MVP in 2022. You can find links to his bio, social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Alan, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. It's great to connect and uh, appreciate you having me on. Before we get started, I always like to find out a bit about my guests. And of course, you're from sunny California. Tell me a bit about food, family, and fun. What does that mean to you when you're not working? <laughs> well, food, food is, uh, is the spice of life for me. So coming from a Filipino-American family, I uh, love the, uh, the Asian uh, food. But then married to a, a, a Indian woman, I, I get the blessings of all the great Indian foods as well. So constantly cooking, constantly eating. It is my downtime in the kitchen. So I like to explore and have fun there. Uh, I think it keeps me sane to some extent. <laughs> um, yeah, so food is everything. Family is, is even more. And fun is, um, you know, at this point in career and life, Fun is getting a chance to disconnect and to not have electrical devices so that I can spend some time in the kitchen cooking or some time in the yard uh, gardening or just out running or whatever it might be. I love it. I love it. And how's things in California at the moment? We've seen so much crazy stuff in the news over the past year. What's it like living there at the moment? It uh, It is springtime, so things are coming from brown into green. It's actually quite lush and beautiful. We Here in Northern California, we've recently had some storms. So we're getting some rainfall before the, the hot season hits. So it's, it's actually nice. It's, it's a beautiful time. It's, it's a rebirth that we get to see here that, uh, you know, I grew up here. So this is, this is uh, the most comfortable place I can be. I love it. I love it. What was your journey into technology and um, step us through from kind of the inception through right up to your involvement in the everything Microsoft business applications? What's that for you? <laughs> That's a long story. I, I started way back in 94 um, and I started with hardware. I started as just a person selling hardware. The, the world was simple. We had, uh, you know, PCs were, were in extravagance in the home and they were becoming mainstream in the business. And, uh, you know, we had Dell Gateway and Micron and I was at one of the big three. So it was nice. It was interesting to me. Uh, 
you know, I, I got my degree in English, so I was expecting uh, the the, uh, the wonderful world of create creativity and and uh, academia was what my expectations were in a career. But to make ends meet, I landed in in technology. So it was quite fun. I, I went from hardware into networking because once I start, sold to businesses, I had to understand the networks. And then we went into to, uh, the, the dot-com explosion happened. So, you know, we went into this world of data centers and hosting and, and, and all of this stuff. So it kind of forced me into the world of software. And so then I, I moved into a company where I, I went to an ISV. And I, I had to learn the database side of things, which was um, quite the shock for a hardware guy with an English degree. <laughs> uh, but it, it was it was great because it, it took me down this path of, of self-learning where I had to teach myself how to write code. I had to teach myself, you know, what the best practices were, what to do, what not to do. And, um, you know, language after language, what I found was that, the English degree helped because it's entirely about syntax. It's entirely about how you use those verbs. So it, it was uh, it, it was an interesting progression and uh, found myself at Microsoft not so long ago. And um, it, it was, I think, maybe the best company I could have ever been at in my career. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's how I got here. I was just, uh, I was a hardware sales guy who ended up uh, learning how to do the software stuff along the way. How did you get into the Power Platform? Funny, um, funny thing is, is I, I actually was a gold mine administrator at one of my companies. And we had this thing back in the day that the partner community had called an action pack subscription, which gave us. I remember it. We got, yeah, every month we'd get a box full of CDs. <laughs> yeah, that's man. I remember those CDs going through. Oh, what can we? What can we try? You know. <laughs> and uh, those of us with a little bit of a Type A personality, like me, I cataloged them. You know, and and so <laughs> uh, alphabetized and cataloged. <laughs> and um, and I found this one, Microsoft CRM 1.0, and I said, Hey, I wonder if that's anything like Goldmine. And so I popped it in and I, I learned everything I had to learn to support it in the stack, put it up together in a lab. And we replaced Goldmine. Uh, we had Goldmine plus heat for sales and service. And we replaced it with one SKU. And it was, it was just so amazing to me on 1.0 that I bet my entire career, entire career on CRM 1.0. 20, is that 20 years ago? That was 20 years ago this year. <laughs> I know it because I started on 1.2, yeah, which yeah. was which was just November of that year. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was the entry point for uh, for the, uh, and I'll use air quotes here since this is just audio, beloved Outlook client that we, uh, <laughs> that we uh, had to go a long road down before we got the goodness of server-side sync. Wow. Wow. So that's an interesting path. And I didn't even realize. So you were six years in Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Six years there. Um, again, best company in the world. I, I, I would go back out of retirement to go be with the people there because the minds and the spirit is 
incredible. Incredible. But you spent the last year at Owen, sorry, Own Backup, and I find that very interesting. So it's obviously a SaaS provider of some sort. Yeah. So what we're doing at Own Backup is we're providing backup and recovery services as a core service for uh, key SaaS providers. So we started out eight years ago on the Salesforce platform. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, Salesforce really has no backup and recovery option, just a bunch of CSV files. And so that's where the company started. But we came to a point where we were hearing the demands from the market across other platforms like Dynamics, like ServiceNow and some others. And so I came on board to help us launch that into the Dataverse API so that we could actually provide extended backup recovery services into the platform. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. So then how did you become an MVP? Because you pretty much, you came out of Microsoft and you've become an MVP very quickly. How did that work? <laughs> well, it's funny because we, you know, one of the biggest parts about our nuanced service is that there's a lot of education that needs to happen. So we did the Ignite, we did the Inspire, we did, you know, MPCC, uh, you know, lots of educational stuff that we put out there, you know, blog content, webinars, you know, the whole nine yards. And, you know, we're starting with like the most rudimentary of things, which is the concept of the shared responsibility model, right? So, you know, again, you know, for those of you who don't know the nuances there is that um, while Microsoft is, is extraordinary in all ways, that SLA is, you know, it says that they'll keep the lights on in terms of the service availability, but the data is the onus of the customer. So, you know, if a customer has a data corruption or data loss event, while Microsoft support is awesome and they will help you best they can, it's not contractually what they're there for. So that's a hard education to put out there, you know, with our customer base and our community, it's, it's tough because, you know, we, we've had, uh, you know, a journey, we'll say, moving from the on-prem days into the cloud <laughs> and, and now into low-code, no-code. It's, it's, a, it's a journey that, that uh, you know, we don't need more more uh, thorns along the way. Yeah, yeah. It's inter- It's an interesting concept. So I take it you, your organization, and I don't normally talk about the companies that MVPs work for, but are you saying that you back up... Um, data from Dataverse, or are you backing up data to Dataverse? No, we actually take the backups uh, from the Dataverse. So we're doing Fantastic. a snapshot. Yeah, yeah. So we do a snapshot. Over my career, I've had many customers ask for that type of service About from about six years ago. Um, we started coming across it. And of course, it just there wasn't an option <laughs> from, from in the cloud, right? You know, and, and again, along this education process, we're finding that there's these compliances that, you know, that are coming through and they're moving targets. You know, one thing happens in the industry. I mean, shoot, this week we saw Silicon Valley Bank, and that's a big ripple in the financial services pond. So do we think that there's going to be some additional compliance that will come from it? You betcha, right? And and so when those things happen and you're strapped with seven days on a sandbox or 28 days on a production for your retention of backup, 
you, it's difficult for a customer to kind of move with the ebb and flow of compliance requirements. So back to, so I take it was off all that content creation then that you got awarded the MVP. Yeah. Well, I think I got awarded because, um, you know, being an ex Microsoft person, when I left, you know, these are friends for life. And so they, they kept in touch with me and, and they, they heard and they saw what I was doing, you know, and that's where the, the nomination came from. You know, obviously it's going to be either an employee or, or a, another MVP. So, yeah. So, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, some old friends said, uh, that, uh, this message needed to get out there <laughs> and uh yeah that's how we came about what's your involvement like are you do you join things like the pgis and the the various bits and pieces are you what what part of it the mvp program are you then are you using now to benefit um what you do in the day-to-day and also benefit the community so we're doing a handful of things you know i i I like to get out and, you know, I like to give the articles. I like to give the content out to the community. So I'm starting to write up, you know, more blog posts and, and reusable information. Uh, just sort of have to repeat myself a million times. Right. But, um, <laughs> but we also get heavily involved with like the, the user group community and, and I'm definitely involved in the PGI from that side of things because of the roadmap. So. Dataverse has a beautiful roadmap. Um, if you haven't talked to James Olnick recently, he's got a master plan that is that is. I, I think the customers are going to love it when it when it all rolls out. Yeah, no, I had him on about uh, towards the end of last year. Mm. Yeah, so like they, they've you know they've really done some really great things investing in that you know from a data platform and. Um, like Purview, Purview is a great example, right? We're going to see that this year. What a great thing to incorporate. So I want to be involved there so that I can, you know, help customers maximize the use of all these, all the goodness throughout these tools, right? And um, at the end of the day, not worry about, oh, shoot, I've got a rogue integration or, oh, shoot, I've got a, a novice user that, that, you know, exported to Excel, did a, bad formula and re-imported a bunch of corrupt data <laughs> right what's as an i'm really interested because you're in such a unique position being inside microsoft and then being an mvp going back into you know the connections with microsoft you have, you'll have a unique view on this what um what did you understand about the mvp program when you were in microsoft as opposed to what was, did anything surprise you once you became an MVP that, oh, I didn't realize that, or I didn't realize that? Um, well, I mean, I was part of Fast Track for a while. And so, you know, our engagement with the MVP community was very, very close. You know, so, you know, in fact, the last time I saw you, I think in person was the, the MVP Summit 2019. A long time ago now, a long time ago, a different world ago. <laughs> yeah, we were all sitting in the back room chuckling when uh, you know, some of our, our more notable folks were uh, you know, beaten up on the Ryan Joneses of the world and, <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's our job to do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, but one of the things that on the Fast Track team, one of the things that was a heavy lift for us 
was to take the community feedback and to either and to either abstract it into something that's that was you know a broader scope and magnitude so that it could elevate in the backlog or narrow it down to something so finite that it can then become a hot fix uh, and and helping the product managers on Charles's team really own those instead of just saying yeah 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 um, and putting it in the meeting notes and then having the MVPs have to keep following up right so that was one of the things that I I took you know a lot of pride in was working with that group to make sure it actually hit backlog nice my last question um because uh we're running out of time the i have is that you've been in microsoft through a very interesting period and observed you know from Sierra 1.0 days uh, a massive transition around you had had visibility through that before you joined Microsoft into what was happening with the product team. You know, I've seen a lot of, I've seen all James Phillips' predecessors, multiple of them. Um, and, you know, over, over my time engagement, what was the, uh, you know, what did you see created the biggest impact over the last, you know, let's say six, seven years with, with the technologies, um, with, you know, it going from a, you know, 1500 strong org to a, you know, 10,000 strong org, um, you know, when it comes to headcount on Microsoft, what, what were the big kind of pivot points that you observed? From a leadership perspective, you know, I think it was really Satya just going all in, you know, Satya had so many conversations, you know, he, he was and is still known for, you know, being you know, the biggest cheerleader for, you know, the Dynamics brand and for the Power Platform. Um, I think the chemistry between Charles and Satya is very rich. Um, and I think that means a lot because I think when two people can jive and, and have a common vision together and have the same excitement levels, that's when you see the magic happen. And so luckily, we as customers get to see that and benefit from it today. Because what I think is, is like Charles and Satya together is is a uh, you know, dynamic duo. They're, they're pretty tough to stop. I'm going to get you to speculate and you can say, I don't want to answer this one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, everybody seems to roll over throughout around the three to four year mark, you know, in their team, their career progression, they got lives, etc. How long have we got them? Is it going to take over Scott Goo's role? Yeah, so that that's my that's my desire. I mean, I, I've seen, and I've actually spoken with Charles many times. He, his his technological prowess is is really unrivaled, and yeah, and, and like if I had my druthers, he would you know allow Scott to retire in peace and harmony, um, once and for all, right? But can he do Scott's job without question? I, there's not a bone in my body. That that uh, <laughs> so I would say ten years minimum. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Charles, if you're listening, that's a it's an official request. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, Alan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I feel like we might need to have another longer conversation. One of my other shows outside the MVP show. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I love it. It's it's great always, Mark, to talk to you. And hopefully I'll get down there sometime. We'll uh, get out and 
and see each other face to face. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.